Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm your host, Dr. Eliza Pressman, and today we're talking with actress, model, and mom of three, Molly Sims. And don't forget to stick around for the closing notes because I'm diving into discipline how to help your children learn how to behave, how to listen, and how to navigate the rules of society while still being individuals and having a sense of autonomy and self. But first, let's talk to Molly. I try not to be trendy, but then I also try like to, to know because we are raising children in, you know, a very different world. And I think I can't ignore that as much as I kind of want to mm-hmm. sometimes. Like I just read this book. Um, what was it called? The Yes Brain. Mm-hmm. Oh, we just I just had Dan Siegel on um, who wrote that book. I thought it was a really good book. You it's know? such a beautiful book. I love his work so much. He's truly incredible. Just the idea that if your brain is in a stress mode, not, it's shut down. Scarlett went through this time where I'm mean, like, she would go to red in, in four seconds. And she literally could not get out of it. I mean, I'd drag her upstairs. I'd stand outside of the door. And it really taught, I think, Scott and I as much as me, okay, step back. She's not hearing right, anything. Right, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. And it's only frustrating you, Ooh, right? You know. So it's a, I, I think it's, those are such wise words because if you take – your energy up trying to figure out how to communicate with a child who's in a no brain, you know, just seeing red, you are just going to make yourself crazy. And then they're going to feel that energy. And then it just becomes a cycle of ridiculous I know. tension when really she just needs to get her brain open to hearing. Like you. she can lose her mind. <laughs> If she's not going to get to wear the pink, dirty T-shirt that has holes in it for the third day in a row. Like, lose it. So I have a question. Do you feel like, do you feel frustrated when she loses it, angry that she's being so, like, annoying? Or do you feel like this is too painful for me to see her feel this kind of distress or none of the above? I feel angry. Right. And I don't, I shouldn't, I know it's crazy. And someone told me, they're like, you shouldn't want her to wait. I'm like. I I can't. I can't not. Right. Well, also, you can't force your own feelings to be a particular way, but you can just notice them. Yeah, I definitely know. I definitely (laughs) notice them. But I, you know, she just, she has to work through it. And I get that. And, you know, but that can be really challenging at times. So what happened with the shirt example? Because I think that's actually, that happens 
to, I mean, she's, Scarlett is you not know, alone. No, she's not alone. So she gets to pick out two outfits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then whatever outfits, I have to approve them. Because, uh-huh. you know, she has to wear bloomers. It's like a, 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 school, a school rule. rule. Like, she has to. And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't really care if you don't, but your teachers do. <laughs> um, and then she has to choose. And then she can't. Once we chose those, we're done. That's great. So that's ultimately, like I was doing like five outfits and then it got crazy. Right. And then I'm like, I don't even know what the outfits are. You know what? When you get a takeout menu, when you, you well, when you're in New York City and there's every menu in the world, this is You don't is remember so, what you, you taught me. You cannot even, I don't. No, you taught me. You're like, you're giving them too many choices. Oh, great. We've already talked yeah, about this. Eggs, pancakes, turkey bacon, bacon, waffles. <laughs> you just say, do you want eggs or bacon? <laughs> Or do you want both? I can't believe what a good memory you have because that had to have been like I six years ago. I always remember that. I always remember you saying not too many choices because it's they, the worst. It's the worst. And you also said if you want them to piss, pick the one you want, always do it the last. <laughs> so if, if it's the bacon and the eggs. It's just like recency. You hear that. Yeah. It's the last thing you heard. But then. the tantrums, that definitely, you know, my husband wouldn't, not, not that he wouldn't, but he wouldn't, how do I say this? <laughs> he wouldn't draw the line. Like, he mm. wouldn't hold accountability. And so when you because don't hold accountability. He like, he didn't, he wanted to make things right? Yeah, of course. He wasn't home. He comes in. Yeah. She's in the middle of it. You he know. wants to fix the feeling. But it doesn't, it doesn't help ultimately because just it just keeps happening and happening and happening. And I also, holding the line and and literally following through, like, has been the best. If I would have done it earlier, I probably wouldn't have gone so far. But um, that's definitely something I've learned. You know, it's like you have to hold the line. Mm-hmm. And they know. They know. Like videos. You don't get three videos. You get one video. <laughs> then I was like, oh, I guess you can have two. But like, is it one or two? <laughs> right. It's confusing. It's confusing. The truth is, is that there is going to, like, some of the time you're going to be confusing because we're all, like, doing this as humans, not robots. And there are just times when you're just like, just watch two videos. I don't care. I know. <laughs> but most of the time, if most of the time you're predictable, yeah. that's safe. That feels safe. I know. I notice when, you know, they've gone, they all go through this, you know, oh, mom, you're so mean. <laughs> mom, you're so mean. Oh, yeah, the mean mom. Oh, I'm so mean. You know, you just had a play date and I <laughs> made dinner and cookies. It's and awful. It's awful. Your life is horrible. Um, but what they mean is you have boundaries. I have boundaries. So I guess my question is, you know, it's all about like getting into college and you talk about you've got to have this and you've got to have that. But then it's like I feel sometimes and I'm, I really try to go against it in terms of like their scheduling. You know, when is too much? When is, when is it too much? Mm-hmm. When is your schedule overscheduled and it's just too much? If the motivation comes from inside. I really want to learn how to play this sport or this instrument well, or that's this what language. He does. I love baseball. I love basketball. I love soccer. And then I have my husband being like, he can do all of them. I'm like, we physically cannot do all of them. Well, right. And the world cannot, your worlds can't totally revolve around them because then when they find out in the world that it doesn't revolve around them, that's going to feel pretty bad. So for overscheduling, like as long as the, the as long as sleep is preserved because you can't learn anything or behave in any normal way when you're constantly overtired because your schedule doesn't allow for downtime and for getting to bed, 
then he could do, you know, whatever keeps him going. But if you find his behavior changing or his sleep patterns changing, then you go like, I think this has been too much. Okay. We haven't. I mean, like he, we, he, we sleep a lot. Like we have downtime. And I'm like, I keep reading. I'm like the overscheduled child, the snow plowing parent. Well, that's different. Snow plow. I know. And also it's so. The terms are like, what, what's that the again? The terms are. Making it easy for your job? You yeah. Know? The terms are tricky because they just make people feel shitty about themselves. But um, I think the idea behind the snowplow parent would be that like not only are they playing soccer at the best soccer league, but you go talk to the coach to make sure that the coach puts them in the game every time. And you make sure that if they were unhappy that you fix, you know, like the the mean kid on the team isn't allowed to come back anymore. That would be kind of put making it so that all of the normal wear and tear of being a kid gets removed and then they can't be resilient because nobody told them that the that there was a snowplow there. They thought the world existed with like an easy path. And then again, you find it, you grow up and you're like, well, that was a giant lie right. and I can't function now. So that's the danger of snowplowing. Um, but that it, is a much better definition <laughs> that I learned. And I'm like, wait, what is What is the problem again? with snowplowing? Well, they were like, that parent is snowplowing. I'm like, Okay. So like I literally tried to go and look it up. I was like, mm, what? So that's kind of what that is. But and then there's helicoptering, which everybody used to talk about, which is just over I see parents doing that. You know, you're just hovering a little too much and you need to let them kind of get things wrong and not get fix things. Get things wrong and also just the hovering alone can make a child crazy. Right. Physically even <laughs> hovering is is can make you crazy. And of course that happens more with your first kid than yeah later, but having confidence that they're going to, they've got this lets them have a little bit of appropriate space. Like you're not going to give the same space to Gray that you no. will to Brooks because that would be dangerous. Right. Very <laughs> um, dangerous. So, and then what was the other label that you were talking about? Snow plowing, helicoptering, overscheduling. Oh, overscheduling. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So the, the scheduling, I think, speaks more to pressure and motivation. Like if if the message to your kids is our kids collectively is the eye on the prize is this is college and what you really mean is i just want you to get a good education let them know that's what you mean and okay. it's not about building like the right resume for college you know what it was i'll tell you to be honest with you i love you know I loved Vanderbilt, but I did not grow up having a great public education. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, as you know, as much as my parents were so supportive and, you know, that really hurt me. When you were applying to college. I wasn't prepared mm -hmm. the way my friends when were When you prepared. arrived at college, mm -hmm. you had a harder time. Oh, my gosh. Very difficult. And I, for some reason, like, I, I don't know. I, I really, I hated that. I yeah. wish that, you know— I had, I, I do, I wished I had a better, like sometimes I get uncomfortable because I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not as smart as someone, you know, not, no, I'm just being honest. I'm not, you, you know. don't really mean smart. You mean educated. No. Well, like you yeah. mean bo like book smart. Yeah. Not like I have this thing where I'm like, oh God, make sure and look at my writing just to make sure like it's, you know, it's good enough or mm. like it's appropriate enough or it's polite and political, you know, not political, <laughs> like um, professional, you know? Mm. And I've always, and that in the back of my mind, like I don't want to put that on my child yeah. or my children, but I can 
I can feel it creeping up on me when I'm like, okay, I really want you to get a good education. Because mm-hmm. then once you're in college, you know, like I do want you to have those certain skills that I guess I didn't have. I think that makes so much sense so that they have more. You feel like maybe you didn't have as many choices when you got there because right. you weren't given as many tools. Right. But the only thing I would say is that nowadays what's happening with kids, especially in private schools that are really competitive, is that they are so prepared for college in terms of academics because they're taking college-level courses by high school. It's crazy. Like tons of them that they are so stressed out. Right. They are not doing it for themselves. I don't want that. And they get to college and they're burnt I even out. Didn't, I picked a school because I, I – I, I don't want that. No, it's it's not worth it because I want them to be happy. Yeah, they're not actually enjoying college. They're not getting to college with the the adult skills they need, like the stuff that you weren't giving yourself credit for: drive and persistence. Oh, listen, and I working love a flashcard and a highlighter. Let me tell you. <laughs> so that's you know just something to keep in mind that what's happening in school they don't need more academic work on the side. Maybe reading and engaging in like the in the the love of discovery, right. but that's different, and that helps keep them motivated. When you motivate kids with just grades, the real risk is that they cheat because they know that right. what really matters is that they get a great grade so they can get into a great school. <laughs> Brooke said something. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, How'd your handwriting get so good overnight? And he goes, he looks at me and goes, I'm in it to win it. They're going to pick someone, a boy and a girl or, or someone from each grade or whatever for like this handwriting thing. I was like, so strange. Really? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I'm going to win it. He goes, my friend said I have really good handwriting. So I just was like, okay, I can do this. Well, see, but then he chose, like, the, that's such a great example. If he, you had said to him, I know there's a competition in handwriting, you better win. I know that may, he might win and he might work hard, but it would be to please you and it would be really like setting a bad tone. And parenting is hard, but the one thing I've learned is what works on one does not work on the other. And one way is not, it's just there, it, there's so many different ways of parenting and getting the same results. And you have to figure out what works for yeah. you and what works for your kid. And I, oh, I mean, I'm very aware of that doing this. I don't want anybody to feel like there's, and and in my job in general, forget about this podcast, but in general, it's important. I never want anybody to leave a conversation feeling shittier about their experience as a parent than they did. Well, we are, we are ready feel shitty. So sometimes when you're like, oh gosh, I should have done it this way. But you know what? It's important to, it's important to be heard, but it's also important to know like, Maybe there's you could have done in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like I was talking about the brain, mm-hmm. the S brain. Like I was not doing it the way the book said, mm-hmm. you know, like in these certain type of situations where I was getting heated and she was getting heated and my husband was getting heated. And mm-hmm. he's like, let's get a lock on the door. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like I don't think we can lock her in, you know? <laughs> and it, we had to take a step back. We went, we talked to someone about it and it was really interesting. And, so you took another approach. And I took another approach and it's definitely helping. That's awesome. You know, as daunting as it seems, like I kind of was happy that I read the book because it made me feel like, okay, we have to go with this. It's not the same way that our parents raised us, you know, but it's tricky and it's hard. And sometimes I get sad and I make the wrong decision, but then I'm like, okay, I'll try to do better. Just like with everything you fail, get up, keep going. Speaking of, I'll try to do better. I, (laughs) 
had a not-so-good moment. I sent my child to school with an empty lunchbox. I was just going to ask you. Literally, like, I wish you guys could see it. I really do, because her teacher texted me, and literally, she goes, um, is she on a diet? And it's her unicorn stainless steel lunchbox with nothing in it. And then they sent with one like, uh-oh, mom. So Miss Scarlet got double snacks. So you but had so, you made a mistake. Yep, I made a mistake. I sent her with no food to school. That's a great end <laughs> because it's and she'll be fine. And she'll and be fine. You're fine. And it was I know, you know, and it is what it is, but everybody's gonna have a parenting fail. I think that's a great thing to see because mostly we see magnificently packed, beautiful, curated lunches no. on, you know, on Instagram. And I know. the reality is that happens. You're not the first person yeah. who forgot to put food I in know. the box. I noticed that you have a new bag line that has, part of the proceeds go to baby to baby. Baby to baby. I'm I an ambassador, an with, angel yeah, for I baby to, to baby. Hear about that. Um, How can they find them? So you can go on mollysims.com. I have a collection with a woman named Rachel Miriam, and it all started because I I like giving gifts and hostess gifts, and I took this bag that had this pink monogram, and then my morning headquarters girlfriends were like, I need this bag, and then their friends need this bag, and then it kind of just became, the, the woman was like, why don't you just do this with me? And That's so we great. have like a small little line, a percentage goes to baby to baby, and for those of you who don't know about baby to baby, it's not even local anymore. It's like now, I think we have 38 states visiting us, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's an amazing charity. We help women, we help babies, we, we help families, diapers, school supplies, cribs, Blankets, you name it, we need it, and we get it to them. And it's an incredible, really. Um, Nora Weinstein and Kelly Sawyer are presidents, and they have done a, just a phenomenal job in our board and our group of angels. Um, and if you guys ever want to have any baby clothes, now I think literally 38 states are now involved and in actually here in L.A. But it's a great way to give back and mm-hmm. You know, all the stuff that you don't need, someone needs. Yeah, that's awesome. It's awesome. Like, I have to say it's one of the best things. I've done, you know, and I've done a lot of, of work with different charities, but I truly, I love it. This will be my seventh year, um, pretty much since the beginning. And uh, every year when I was pregnant, they really loved me because I was like their poster child. <laughs> but I, I still really love them. And we actually have our um, our angel meeting this month. So oh, good. It's good. Well, people can donate. It's www.baby2.org. <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys are, can go to mollysims.com. We talk about lifestyle. I have two books. We're thinking about writing a third. So if you guys go on my social, check me out, you know, give me little messages. Tell me what you think my third book should be. We're really toying around for the past month about it. It's going to be definitely mom, mm-hmm. but what's underneath it? Is it more health and fitness, beauty? Is it more parenting? Is it more probably not parenting? Elise is going to do that, no, but I'm- we're going to, we're going to hyper-focus it a little bit. Go younger, go older. It can you can learn yeah. a lot. It's interesting. I like that. Yeah. Thank but you. But always be respectful. I love you, Lisa Pressman. Here's to being a good human. And now for my closing notes. So what do I mean by discipline? Discipline from the Greek word to teach isn't about punishment. Discipline gets a pretty heated rap. But really, it's a lot of pressure for parents to manage their children's behavior not be embarrassed when they're outside and their kid is throwing a tantrum, 
trying to figure out how to navigate the very high emotions of a toddler or preschooler. And you want to be sensitive and supportive, but also have clear expectations and boundaries. And it is possible. But since this is a really long discussion, I'm breaking it up into different parts. So today I'm just going to go over a few tips to try to change the tone in the household and make it a little bit less of a power struggle. And we'll continue the conversation and dive into more details. Try this right now. Tell your child what to do instead of focusing on what not to do. When you tell someone what you expect of them, they're much more likely to do it, especially if you give a short explanation about why they're expected to do it. Say please because it's polite, but make your demands in statement form. You're not asking your child to come sit at the table. You're telling them, please come sit at the table so we can have dinner. And if there are choices to give, offer your child two choices, not more than that. Even adults don't like too many choices. It can be really overwhelming. And if there isn't a choice, that's okay. You just need to make your expectations clear and be sensitive if your child is feeling like, I don't want to be doing that right now. Your child doesn't have to want to listen to you. It's okay for them to be upset about it. And it's okay for you to be compassionate and empathize with them. Try not to sweat the small stuff. So when you catch your child doing something annoying, it's not damaging anyone and it's not really that big of a deal, but you've just had a day and you just don't want to see all the pillows thrown off the sofa. Try to take a breath and realize that if you give them lots of negative attention for throwing pillows off the sofa, they're just going to want to do it more. If anything, tell your child what to do. Please put the sofa cushions back on the couch. Or you could say, oh, you look like you want to make a fort. I'm going to come and join you. Then you can have a connected moment. And chances are after a few minutes, they'll want to put the cushions back on the couch anyway. Catch your child doing the things that you asked of him. Don't turn your child into a praise junkie where they're just looking for your approval, but letting your child know, hey, I noticed that you've been working really hard at listening to me in the morning when we're getting ready for school is totally fine. Whether it's putting on his shoes or packing his lunch, we tend to want to fixate on the negative and that can create that cycle of power struggles and negative feelings in the mornings, especially, or during any time of transition. Take a couple of these tools, try them out, and let me know how things are going and what the tone is in the house. And we're going to spend a lot more time talking about how to help your child learn to self-regulate, how to help your child manage in the world with so many rules. But also, we're not interested in letting the sparks go away. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to DM me on at Raising Good Humans podcast. Please let me know your discipline questions and any other questions. And if you liked the show, please subscribe, rate, and review. And please join me next week when I'm speaking with Dr. Polly Young Eisendrath, who wrote a book called The Self-Esteem Trap and Raising Confident and Compassionate Kids in an Age of Self-Importance. Have a great week.